Hey guys, welcome to Spirit Pig. This is the show that explores how to live a fulfilled life. I'm Duncan CJ, and today I'm talking with, I, I, I listened to this a few times, Ken Lizra. Really good. I know, Ken, Ken. Ken is a successful entrepreneur, keynote speaker, and international best-selling author of the book My Seductive Cuba. She's also a professional dancer specializing in Cuban dance with extensive knowledge of sensuality. And her TED talk entitled The Power of Seduction in Our Everyday, in our everyday Lives has been viewed more than 4.5 million times and is the 12th most watched TED talk of all time. Ken, thank you so much for being here. It's absolutely a huge honor. Thank you. Uh, thank you very much for having me here. That's really sweet. I'm going to correct something. It's the it's the top twelve TEDx talk. Okay. There are higher ones in TED. Oh, uh, you're ru- you're rubbish then. <laughs> <laughs> hey. Interview over. Let's let's stop. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Now, we were just chatting a second ago, um, and I suddenly like was like, no, we've actually got to click record. Why do you think that it has been sort of? so popular like what 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 is it about that ted talk and the message that you were trying to say that you've that's hit such a chord you think there there are things that we're losing today in the world right so like going slower like flirting like um um romancing like um containing each other right so nowadays it's not we don't have the time we're too busy technology has gotten us so um running so fast, doing so many things, we don't have the time to be in a moment, enjoy the simplest of things. And when you're feeling that kind of like seduction in a TED talk without really thinking of what we're talking about, you're you're feeling something that makes you feel something nice, something that's kind of magical. And you go like, oh, that feels nice without thinking about what it is. We're also dealing with issues of, of body image these days. When I talked about how our body image is, is affected by the media today, and, and it, it goes all the way from parents to children to, and, and something's distorted, and we're not feeling good, and that's part of the problem. So people, they watch it, they hear it, they see it. It does it something for them, and they don't always understand the depth of it because it talks about seduction. Seduction has misconceptions, which is another reason why it's so popular because, you know, we, we analyzed, my team and I, we analyzed who said what. Because I've been called just about anything on the internet from a whore uh, promoting rape to like, oh my God, you're, you're, you're a goddess. So there's a range that goes from lovers, haters, and everything in between. And what we found out is that depends on what culture you're from and what your cultural experience was is what you're going to say. So for example, North Americans that have not traveled a lot never experienced seduction in a positive way. They, they see pickup artists, they see like negative things, so they go like, oh my God, is that what she's trying to promote? But you take somebody Latino, Latina, and you tell them what I said, and they're like, oh, yeah, we live this every day. Thank you. Thank you for bringing this to the world. Right? So the cultural context is really important. So that kind of conflict exists between cultures and how we view each other. It's the same as being in a relationship, and one loves the heat and one loves the cold, and you argue about these things because each one likes something different. So it causes conversation. The whole purpose of a TED Talk, of a good one, is to evoke conversation to um, spread ideas and basically get you to view a new point of view of the same world that you've never seen before. And I think that he does that. Yeah, because it's interesting because, yeah, when, when you hear the word seduction, you know, it's got so many misconceptions and it's been so uh, sexualized so many times that uh, it was, it was kind of hearing it as actually a positive skill set was quite an interesting like, point of view and it was really interesting. And, and, you know, when you're, when you're in Cuba, there are two things that happen. And this is what inspired the talk, is that I spent so much time 
in Cuba is that I get to see and experience the world from a whole other point of view. And then I come back to this world. And I've lived for 17 years in Canada, which is the exact opposite. And now I'm in Israel, and I've lived in Japan, and I lived in Australia. So I've had quite a few point of views of the world, of different cultural views of standing here, standing here, standing here. And there are a couple of things that happen when you're in Cuba that are really fascinating. First of all, it feels really great to walk in the streets, and someone's looking at you, and they're like, wow, you're like, just the look is like, que linda, you're so beautiful. And you walk and you go like, oh my God, that feels so nice. And we've gotten so used to sexual harassment and the fact that you're not allowed to harass anybody or say anything or talk. This is what I'm talking about, that we lost something. But with it, there's an art to it. There's an art of human connection that has to do with, like, for example, to give you a small little thing that Cubans do that I love, is that they can see somebody on the street and the person will be, for example, bummed out. And the person seeing them would go like, oh, they're not feeling great. I don't want to leave them like that. That bothers me because it, it kind of tints the city with negative energy and there's fairly positive people. Not that nothing ever bad happens, yes? So they might decide to lift them up emotionally and say something to them. And sometimes they would lose, use even flirting. We're like, oh, my God, is that like eye contacts you're wearing? And the guy would say like, no, no, like, oh, my God, you have the most beautiful eyes. Okay, bye. And it was <laughs> but they left you with great energy, right? And that was a gift, I, I had conversations with him over it because I'm like, I feel like an, 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 like, um, an anthropologist. So like, I go in there and I'm like, I got to ask you, what does that mean? And what does this mean? And like all these 4.5 million people that watch my TED Talk send me millions of messages through every social media possible. And I go with these questions. Some of them go like, I don't know. I got to fly back to Cuba and investigate more. <laughs> you know? And then I discover all these things. So like that example is a great example of how human connection can lift us. And we're so busy these days, busy selling and looking at people like products and the bank that I'm at. You know how many times they called me to like sell me stuff and I asked them five times to stop calling me. And I said, if I want something, I'm asking you to stop calling me. They keep calling me. And at one point I, I argued with the guy and I said, you know, I feel like I'm not a human being anymore. You don't see me because I'm telling you something and you don't care what you're busy with as a bank is selling me something. That's what you're interested in. It's supposed to be about me, not about you. And it's like, you know what I mean? So we're, we've lost the human connection when you're in Cuba and you're suddenly in a place where there's barely, uh, there, there are barely any material things. And what really matters for you to survive is to help each other. I can call a friend and say, I've got this and this problem. And they'll be running around helping me. They're not getting any money and they're just doing everything for me. But tomorrow they'll need something and I'll run around for them. It's not that it doesn't exist in any other cultures, but it's like as we get more comfortable with money, we disconnect from that and we go like, oh, I don't want to owe anything. It's better that I just pay somebody to do this. Mm. But as we do that, we're also disconnecting. You know, how many people today like text and text and text? And text, and they don't pick up the phone. And like, I'm after the second text, I go nuts. I pick up the phone, I'm like, what do you need? <laughs> talk to me. I need to hear a voice, human, you know, like, I can, I can charm you when we talk. I can, I can make you feel great. But by text, I don't even understand what you're saying because half the time it's misinterpretations. I send something to my accountant and I said, why didn't I know about that? I get the message, go like, why are you mad at me? I'm like, I'm not mad. <laughs> but he's interpreting what I'm saying, right? So we're disconnecting by using more social media that disconnects us. And we're losing some of the human connection that we used to have, like going to a place and something doesn't work and you, you charm them into what you want and you become all charming and, da, 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 and then you say something and then you get what you want. You can't do that by text. You can't do that by email. We're losing something, but that's also part of giving energy and receiving energy and human connection that makes us feel happier. Mm. Yeah, I love um, 
one of the things you talked about was um, confidence and sort of developing strong self-confidence is, is essential. Um, and one thing that was fascinating was actually how our self-image is formed as like a really like young child. And can you basically describe some of the ways that Cuban children develop such strong self-images? Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's really important to say, and I want to say this, that I'm not trying to say that we all have to become Cuba. Cuba mm. has its own problems. And there's good, there are good things and bad things. I look this, at this as more like inspiration and as, as a, an opportunity to look in the mirror, see what we've done in the last five years and say, what have we done really well and mm. what have we failed at during that time? And I think that when you, you're able to travel 50 years back in time, it's a nice mirror to see where we are today. And one of the things that you see really well in Cuba, there's because it's a communist country, because the media is controlled, you don't have any advertising anywhere. Not on TV, not in the radio, no newspapers, there are no magazines. There's like, you know, so there's like nothing, like no big boards with like advertising of brands. There, there's no advertising. So there's no false body image. And I love it that when I take tours to Cuba, for example, the biggest ones, the, the, the generous ones, as they call them, generosas, so they are generous. They're not fat, they're generous. So the generous ones, they get the most attention because men love this. But when did we start treating women and men like they're constantly just flawed? If we look at them as flawed, they feel flawed. They feel like they're not enough. When I go to Cuba, I feel the most beautiful that I've ever felt in my life because I'm constantly being treated like I'm gorgeous. And it has nothing to do with what I look like. Every person that I know that goes there because it's a lifestyle. And I think that this is what society has forgotten. It's like a a guy that I know asked me because he knows all the coaching that I'm doing and all the workshops and stuff. And he said to me, give me some tips. I've got a problem in my relationship. Tell me how to make it better. And I said to him, do you criticize her all the time? Do you tell her that she's too fat, she gained weight, she lost weight, she's doing things wrong, she's this and that, da, da, da. and he goes like, yeah, I said, stop that. I was like, but I'm like, stop that. Make her feel great. Make her feel that she's wonderful, that she's beautiful, that, she, that you love who she is. It doesn't mean that you don't work in a relationship, but stop focusing and making her wrong all the time. And he's like, wow, that's a lot of work. I'm like, go to therapy. <laughs> and the, uh, one of the other things was um, sort of, there'd be sort of like reggaeton music on or something and, um, you know, the grown-ups would be like dancing and then the little children would be dancing and then the parents would be like talking to their kids, being, you know, just praising them, being like, oh my God, you look so fantastic, you look so wonderful, you look so brilliant. Yeah. And so yeah. from a young age, they're like, they believe that they are beautiful, amazing, incredible. Yeah, and I think there's something beautiful about how sexy they are and how kids start to move sexy from a very young age, which would be unacceptable in most cultures. Mm. But they don't talk to them and say, oh my God, you're sexy, move sexy, <laughs> it's not this. They look at them and when they move sexy, they go like, que lindo, que linda eres, you're so beautiful. So they learn that being sexy, that finding that place is, is a good thing and it builds up their confidence. What I've learned since the TED Talk, which I, <laughs> I dive deeper, that's really interesting, it's one of their biggest secrets is that seduction sits on sabrosura. Sabrosura is, is all that magical stuff. It's that you go like, okay, what did you just do? It's, I call it the Jedi hand, the Jedi <laughs> movements. Like I, I can look at you and I can, I can look and the head moves. And it's like all the movements are soft and it's like, and there's something magical that happens. Sabrosura exists in men and in women. And it, you can learn how to bring it out. And it sits on self-love. So what happens is that when you tap into that place where you feel your sabrosura, 
you feel amazing. You feel butterflies in your stomach and you feel happy. And this is, I think, why it builds such um, amazing confidence is when you feel, they call it in Spanish, disfrutar, to take pleasure. And when you're learning also to, to move, you have to learn how to move in a way so that you produce that by feeling it. And when you feel it, you allow yourself to feel that beautiful. You become that beautiful. That's fascinating. And then this confidence, so developing confidence, you know, if we then work on that, then that leads later on to how we present ourselves in all areas of life. And that's a direct correlation between the self-confidence and then success in all other facets of life. Isn't that right? Of course, because think about it. When you come somewhere and you need now to present yourself, and let's say that I come and I go like, oh my God, like, are they going to get who I am, what I'm about? And da, da, da. Or you go and you feel gorgeous and you go in and you're feeling great and you shine and you feel good and you go like, hi, everybody, and you're not afraid to connect, right? That emanates out. You shine. When you feel good about you, have you, you know, do you have days when you feel great? Mm. Absolutely. If you notice it, yeah, yeah, like you'll, you'll, you'll suddenly be really generous. You'll help an old lady cross the street for no reason. <laughs> you know, we burst with inexplicable desire to help everybody, right? And when we feel great, we just, we feel more confident. We feel wonderful. We want to give that away, right? We want to share it with people. It's contagious, isn't it? When someone, when you're doing that, it's, it, it breeds more sort of, you know, absolutely sort of pay it forward kind of thing. And it affects the outcomes because, you know, Amy Cuddy said in her, in her research that she did in Harvard, she did a great TED Talk. I don't know if you saw it. Yeah, but she talked about how, to, how it changes the chemistry in the body and, and how, um, it, it, um, how it affects the uh, testosterone and the cortisol. And how in, in two minutes you can actually change the chemistry in your body that affects the outcomes. It's actually tested that it's true. So do you think when you were just talking a second ago about the, um, the subasura, do you think you can kind of get into that that state and then that through the physical motion, like, da- through like dance and through actually, can you kind of create that sabrosura? Is that, is that how you pronounce it? Sabrosura comes from the word sabor. Sabor, sabor. is flavor. So if there was, if there was a, a word in English for sabrosura, it would be flavorlessness. <laughs> 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 and, and that just means that we all have a certain flavor, a certain magic, that when we tap into it, we feel amazing. And when we feel amazing... We, we emanate out. So I absolutely think that when we allow ourselves, we don't need to even dance to release the sabrosura. But if, if I let that come out of me, if I feel that, if I connect to that place in me and I allow it out, men or women the same, then it affects my confidence, it, upset, it affects the outcomes, and that's what sits inside of the, of the, the seduction that I talked about. One thing that you've noticed, um, you know, I'm, once again, going back to Cuba, just because it's, it's an interesting to like, have, use this as... Um, something to learn from like you, you you've seen um one of the things that men do which you find quite charming is this just complete fearlessness this fearless nature of just just going after what they want and you know despite you know potentially getting her getting rejected they've they've kind of built up this sort of fearlessness about that like how how do you think that reflects do you think by creating that sort of fearless nature then that just just everything in life is is easier better I, I don't know i'm not really sure what the point is there but well, i think i think first of all we have to clean a little bit around that subject because okay. for, when people heard um you know the the no the means a no and the no the mean a, means a maybe triggered for a lot of people the whole subject of sexual harassment because it's like oh my god someone says no but they actually mean no and you don't accept it so i, I think what is really important when i'm taking the the example from cuba is that they're very intuitive and they're not aggressive meaning 
that even if a woman said no and they thought that there would be a maybe, they never, they, I, I don't, I haven't met a Cuban guy that aggressively pushed me into something, like forcing me into it, which exists in some places in the world where people go like, oh my God, I'm going to take it. And this is something that I think that, that caused the whole thing of sexual harassment and, and fear of rape and stuff like that is that, is that men took it to the level of that if a woman flirts and this and she plays and went on and she says, no, I can still take it if I wanted it, mm. which is wrong, plain wrong. That does not exist no matter what. And I think that what is beautiful in Cuba is that a man can chase a woman, can chase a woman, can chase a woman, she can say no and he will still chase her, but he won't push her over the edge. Yeah. And I think that when you have that as uh, agreed on, right and that exists then you can play with it and have fun with it and and they're charming so it's like someone will come and 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 say something and it will be like it will find something to catch your attention like i'll walk and a guy will say wow i like the way you walk i'm like oh thank you right because that's kind of a surprising thing and then i go like are you a dancer i'm like yeah how did you know right they grab something that's important to you so they grab your attention so now you're listening like oh my god that's good (laughs) so bam they do things that they catch your attention and you feel important, you feel special because they notice something about you. Now they consider this what they call buscar el camino, the search for the path. It's like they're like you met two people and they're trying to get to the point where you walk in the same direction together. <laughs> so they even treat it physically like that because people are outside. They don't have internet at home. They don't have cell phones with WhatsApp. So they're outside. So physically they'll see you and they'll say something. They'll try to walk with you next to you. And then and they even say, but I wouldn't ask her for to go right away and grab a beer because that might be too big of a step. So slowly, right? <laughs> the, they understand the mechanics of how you feel and how to move with it, and it's just so brilliant. It's just and it feels nice. Even if you said no, you still even you go like, "Oh my god, my heart feels full right now. That was so nice. That was such a nice compliment." And that person would still feel great because they got the connection. There was a vibe. There was a connection. You left with the gift, so they got the gift too. So they don't feel actually rejected. You just go like, no, thank you. And I can say, you know, in a lot of places when people say no, they go like, no, okay? It's not going to happen. And they get angry and they get ugly. Or I can say in Cuba, go like, uh-uh, not going to happen. And it can be sweet, but if there's a no. Yeah, it's like, yeah. it's assertive, right? So it's like, I'll go like, mm-mm, not going to happen. <laughs> but I'm still nice. Right, so it, it just—it's a whole other way of living that's just so much nicer because it feels nice because people make you feel special and because you feel the sabrosura a lot by that connection, by that interaction, and the flirting is fun and it's not just men that do it, men, women too. I just had a conversation with a friend of mine, a Cuban, and he was like, he goes like, it's amazing because women go like, just to call you, and then they would look at you like, man, you are gorgeous. You know, it's like, and he goes like, he was like, I want to go back. <laughs> it feels so good, <laughs> right? And we lost that in the world. We gotten stuck on sexual harassment because we're afraid of the lines because people cross them in ways that they shouldn't have, and and we're too busy to to flirt in relationships. And there is a high rate in some places. The 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 um, divorce rate has gone up to seventy percent. God, and that that tells us that's an indication of what is missing. You know, we're not really happy. Why are people cheating? Because they're bored, because there's not, something's not happening in their relationships, because people have lots of kids and then they forget to invest in each other, because we, we get bored over time and we forget to create fire in the relationships. There's, but you can create that. You can absolutely create that. Like, just a simple thing, right? You can say to somebody, um, let's say you're in a relationship and you want to create fire in a relationship and you can come in. Girl or a guy, let's say the guy comes in 
and the woman is in the kitchen making a sandwich, whatnot. And he comes along and he gives her a little kiss here and he just touches her hip and he walks away looking at her like, I like you. And that's it, right? Cubans don't treat this as, okay, now five minutes before we want to be intimate, let's start warming up the situation because we got to do it. It's like that, that heat exists all the time. That game, they, they, because they're not chasing careers nonstop, they have time to still live the way it used to be 20 years ago in the world. They have time to invest in each other and in what matters, us, people. That's what makes us happy more than anything else. It doesn't mean that we don't need to fulfill our dreams. And, you know, I try to keep a really good balance. And, and I think I got it pretty good. So you need to find a good balance, and, but not become so addicted to work and things and being busy. Some people can't even leave one weekend without planning it. And then they get mad if something got canceled. It's crazy. Yes, yeah, it feels like it's a lot more sort of like, yeah, a lot more intuitive, a lot more emotion, feeling, rather than being so intellectual, actually to actually feel your way through life a bit more. Yes, exactly. It's about feeling your way through your heart, which is the way it used to be. When you go to Cuba, um, I think one of the things that happens right away is that you realize that things are not perfect. And if there's one thing that can be guaranteed in Cuba is that nothing will be perfect. <laughs> That's the one thing I can guarantee if you go to Cuba. But along the way, because it's not perfect, there's something humane. It's just beautiful between people. And, and your heart just opens up and suddenly something beautiful happens, you become happier because you live closer to your heart. I love that. What does a fulfilled life mean to you? A fulfilled life means to me, it means living my dream, fulfilling what I wanna, what I wanna do, living you know, my goal, my calling, but it also means enjoying the journey. And I know it sounds like a cliche, but the problem is that we're taking too many things for granted. You know, when I come out of, of Cuba, for example, and, you know, summer there are no, barely any red tomatoes and, like, soft, fluffy um, toilet paper is, like, luxury. And, and having a seat, a toilet seat is, like, wow. <laughs> and then you come to this world and, and, like, real strong stream of the shower and you're, like, oh, like, 20 minutes. Like, oh, I can't believe this is, like, massage now. And then you go, like, wow, how much do we take for granted? How much do... We want more and more and more, and because of that, we don't appreciate what we already have. Because for us now, luxury is like flying with a helicopter and like having a really like expensive car or flying in a I don't know business class. Or so we don't appreciate what we have already. So I try to I call it my blessed life. I try to really enjoy what I have. I try to spend a lot of time in the sabrosura, and I try to really live my dream, which I think I'm doing pretty good at so far. That's a fulfilled life for me. If I'm happy right now and not just it doesn't mean i'm happy from morning till night every day non-stop but it's like if i'm happy now not one day not in 10 years not in 20 years not before i die then and I'm, I'm i'm living my dream i'm doing really good amazing and what's one thing all our listeners can do today that'll have a massive positive effect on their lives that's a challenging one i'm gonna give up. <laughs> live um true to your heart be authentic to your heart because one of the things that people do is cut corners all the time. And we ha they have so many places where they cut corners. And when you cut corners, you're selling yourself short. And it's like it's a lot harder to not cut corners and live really close to your heart and be really true to your truth. But this is a challenge to do to live that kind of fulfilled life. It's hard, but it's worth it. It's what? It's hard, but it's worth it. 
it's my a, opinion, yes. It, I don't I don't choose the easy path, but yeah, no, I'm I saying I mean, it might not be it might not be the easy option, but by sticking true to yourself and being authentic, and then it's you know it's it's worth it, you know, in spades. I had a coach who said to me once, great sentence. It still echoes in my head. She said, "If it was easy, then everybody would do it." Which book would you say has had the biggest positive impact on your life? Mm, I think. I can't say just one, but I can say one that I really love that I think affected me um, in many ways creatively was Eat, Pray, Love. And the reason for that is because I think that Elizabeth Gilbert was pretty much naked in that book. And her courage to expose herself like that left me, you know, at awe. And I think this is what kind of inspired my seductive Cuba is that I started searching for a whole new style of writing where I was like, God damn it, why do I care about what people think so much and, and when I'm writing that I'm afraid to expose these things. So what if they judge me? And I think that later on down the road without thinking about it, that also affected me and gave me the ability because I wrote the book, My Seduction with Cuba, and, and allowed myself to write like she did, very exposed. Then I think that later on when I did a TED and they told me ahead of time, they said, if we do this right, you're going to have 50% lovers and 50% haters. Are you ready for it? And I said, I'm ready. Bring it on. And I think that was part of it because when you get exposed, people read your stories. People already said good things about you, bad things. And you're like, who cares? I did this to do this because I believe in what I'm saying. Then you're able to stand on a TED stage in front of 2,500 people at that event where everything's buzzing. And then, you know, be in front of the 4.5 million people in the world and, and get the heat and hear all the horrible things that they're saying, all the amazing things that they're saying about you. <laughs> I love that. And last but not least, how can people stay in touch? Where can we send them? How can they hear more about you and your work? Um, they can go, first of all, to my website, Lizra Consulting, L-I-Z-R-A Consulting.com. Everything is there with tons of, um, I write a lot of blog posts that, that take everything to the next level. Like ever since the TED, I've developed this to a whole new level with so many more insights. So there's tons of free stuff on the site and videos and programs and things. They can join me on my Facebook, um, basically my name, Chen Lizra, Chen is spelled C-H-E-N, Lizra, L-I-Z-R-A and I'm, I'm always there so people can chat with me and ask me stuff and post stuff and it's no it's not a team it's me <laughs> so be nice people <laughs> and on instagram i'm i i'm a big i love instagram i love photos and pictures in um in videos so I, I keep posting like crazy stuff and when i'm in cuba they can just go on a whole journey with me and in israel and wherever i'm in the world <laughs> thank you thank you so much it's been so much fun i've absolutely adored this thank you Thank you for having me. It's been fun for me too. <laughs> <laughs> we'll talk soon. Bye. Ciao.